the Research and Practice for Adults podcast, supporting evidence-informed practice with adults and families. Hello and welcome to the second in a series of podcasts on strength-based working. Again, we're going to be joined by Tish Elliott, a registered social work and practice educator. And today we're going to consider how to find out more about an individual's strengths and community assets. So how do you find out more about strengths and assets? That's a good question and um, it really depends on the person you're having a conversation with is where I would start is that you are working to find a way of asking that person what matters to them, what's important to them, um, rather than what their difficulties are or what services they need. Um, So you're moving from that service-led approach to having a conversation with someone about their lives and what's important to them. Um, And talking in that way helps to move from focusing on whether or not somebody is eligible for services to really listening to the detail of their lives. Um, And whilst you're listening, you're listening out for anything at all that you think might be something that could be built on, that might be a personal strength of theirs, um, an example of things that are working for them, um, and it could be things within their family, um, their local network of um, friends and contacts, or from their community. Uh, And in having that conversation, you're tuning in to that person's own language, Um, So everyday language, you're not using the sort of jargon phrases of what are your assets and what are your strengths. You're adapting the way you communicate to the way that that person communicates. Um, And so you're using phrases and questions that um, work from their way of speaking as much as you can. But the whole point of the conversation is to find out what works for them who or what is important to them. And from that, you're building this picture of what, to use the three conversations model language, you're you're trying to find out what does a good life look like to them. So as you're having a conversation, you're making a mental note of anything at all, no matter how small, that they tell you that is something that is working for them. And you reflect back what they've told you and then you would ask um, a strengths-based question to help explore that some more. Um, If people are telling you a lot about what isn't working, then you're trying to find a way of asking a question that would phrase it as what do you have available to you that might help you to overcome or to live with that difficulty? Um, That's fantastic. But how might it feel for people or carers who are accessing services to be asked about their strength? People who are feeling that there is very little hope or that their situation is restricting them 
can feel very um, upset or angry at being asked what does a good life look like um, in that their response can be well what's the point of thinking about that because I won't be able to have that anymore now that I have a diagnosis of early onset dementia so for some people the last thing that they want to be asked is what does a good life look like so is that saying there are times that might not be appropriate to take a strength-based approach I think it's about learning how to phrase questions using that person's own language and really tuning in to their own perspective on what's going on for them. So I've heard some people say how wonderful it felt to be asked about their strengths and what worked. That it made a real change and was much more hopeful than continually being asked about what the problem is and what their issues are and what do they need. Um, so for some people it's positive and exciting to be asked strengths-based questions and for other people it's the thing that they feel is now beyond their grasp and therefore it's exasperating or at worst upsetting to be asked about it. So the art of having a strengths-based conversation is to really tune in to that person's perspective, that person's own language and way of talking about their lives um, and to from that to build up to having the three conversations in a way that is comes naturally and isn't um, by rote and what's underpinning that is exploring with the person what does a what I would say is what does a better life look like um, and certainly that's the feedback that I've had from carers is it feels easier to be asked what does a better life look like than what does a good life look like because if a good life feels impossible then that's not what you want to be asked because a good life is I haven't got early onset dementia or I haven't got a mother who has Alzheimer's or I haven't got a child with autism um, so for carers framing it as what does a better life look like um, is feels more possible um, so this is when it's especially important for the practitioner to really draw on their emotional intelligence um, about when and how to ask resilience questions or questions about the person's assets and strengths um, so if what you're picking up is today is a really bad day um, or that the person is that you've just met is feeling very low um, is it more helpful to ask questions about what does a good day look like than to ask the more resilience-based questions in terms of what what helps when you're feeling like that. Um, so 
the art of strengths-based working is to build a whole tool bag of strengths-based questions to um, be thinking about these quite hard as you're having the conversation and actively listening to on an emotional level to how the person is um, and choosing the sort of question that might be most appropriate right now. Um, when we were talking in the first podcast, we were referring to Dennis Salibi's seven strengths-based questions. Um, and in a later podcast, we can talk a bit about solution-focused communication. And all of these tools are going to help to build the repertoire of um, strengths-based working. One of the other challenges practitioners have raised is the use of language, especially the word connect um, in strength-based approaches um, within the free conversations model. Will someone please tell me how this works with very elderly people, say 80 to 90, who really don't want to go out, they just want someone to help them dress and eat? Most people I see would think I was talking a foreign language if I went out and said, how could I connect you? Can someone please just let me know what I am supposed to be asking people without all the connect jargon? Okay, so that's a really good question because it highlights um, the difference between our knowledge base around strengths-based working, so the theory, um, the different models, that includes the three conversations model, um, and our communication skills that convert that theory into having an everyday conversation um, with the people that we work with. Uh, so in this instance, um, then the practitioner will be trying to find an alternative word for the word connect, um, have some knowledge around asset-based working and ideally have um, an open idea about what sorts of assets might be available in the local community. So having had um, a conversation about what a good life looks like for that person or what a better life looks like for that person. In other words, what in um, social care language we might say are their desired outcomes instead of their eligibility outcomes. Uh, the, the practitioner has a much clearer idea of what, if things are working well, living with dementia at its best could look like for that person. So the next part of the conversation is what can I link you to that may support your picture of what a good life looks like. And here is Mick Ward, Chief Officer of Transformation and Innovation at Leeds City Council, describing asset-based community development, how it complements strength-based working and his experience of this in practice in Leeds. At the, at the heart of asset-based community development, it's really about finding out what people living in a particular community really care about and care enough about to work together to change it, to develop things, to sustain stuff. And that's important for us because quite often you will find that what they want to change and support are things that support people's health and well-being. And that fits really well in regard to a sort of shift towards strength-based social care. And I think that's important for two reasons. One of which is uh, it's news having a focus on strength-based social care and supporting people to, for example, access things within their communities, within their neighbourhoods, 
if there's not things going on. So what ABCD is actually create space for, for that to really happen. I think the really important thing as well is that at the heart of it is ABCD is community led. So it's about that community themselves identifying what needs to happen, but crucially identify and develop the assets to meet that. And that fits just so well in a community, feeling more positive about itself, linking really close with strength base, which is about individual strengths and how they can be utilised more. Thank you for listening and please join us in the third of our podcast on strength-based working where we consider appreciative inquiry and solution-focused communication. Thank you. You've been listening to the Research and Practice for Adults podcast and we hope you enjoyed it. Why not share with your colleagues and share your thoughts on Twitter? Tweet us at RIPFA. Thanks for listening.